When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome right. to New York. Oh. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Podcast, podcast. brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Devils fans, it is your boy, the host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to the first episode of season three of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are doing fantastic wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. As always, Thank you guys so much for all the love and support that you guys share with this podcast. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This episode, like all of them, are sponsored by the awesome people at DraftKings Sportsbook. Today, ladies and gentlemen, is the first episode of season three of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Yes, we. It, it's crazy how this is going to be now my second full season doing Devil's State of Mind. If you guys have been following me since the beginning, you know that I kind of, I came on towards the end of what was called season one, um, and I did a bunch of episodes, and then season two last year was obviously my first full year, but what's so special about beginning this year, you know, in season three, is that it's the first full 82-game season of the Devil's State of Mind podcast, and I promise you guys, this year is going to be better than last year. We have so much that's going to be happening. We have obviously what we're going to be talking about today. We have training camp coming up next week. The season starting in just a couple of weeks from now. We're about 30 days away, Martin Berder days away from the start of the 2021-22 regular season. We have an all-star game. We have outdoor games to talk about. We have the Olympics that we're going to be talking about. There's so much that we're going to be discussing, and I'm so excited for you guys to join me on this ride here for this upcoming season. And if you are a new listener, a new subscriber, welcome to the Devil State of Mind podcast. 
If you've been listening for a while, as always, thank you so much for everything that you guys have done, all the support you guys have given me. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Now, let's jump into what we are going to be talking about on the first episode of season three of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Today, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be mainly talking about, well, basically previewing the Devil's Prospect Challenge. So for those of you that don't know, the Devils will be having a lot of their prospects be playing in a quick tournament over this upcoming weekend. Uh, it'll be the first time that we get to see Devils hockey, um, and I'll go into greater detail about it in a little bit. We're also going to give you an update with the New Jersey Devils PA announcer job, because I think that's something that's somewhat important, I think, to Devils fans, knowing that we are one step closer to seeing who is going to be the next public address announcer for the Devils. We're also going to be discussing a rumor that involves P.K. Subban. I know it's about a week old, but I haven't had the chance to really discuss it. And we're also going to be talking about some Devils news, more or less about three players that were signed to professional tryout contracts with the Devils that will be participating in training camp. So as we always do here on this podcast, we have a bunch to discuss. So let's not waste any more time and get fired up. So we'll start with the update with the New Jersey Devils PA announcer job. So right off the bat, um, the team listed the 10 semifinalists back on Monday afternoon. And for those that don't know, I was one of the guys that uh, applied. Uh, I sent in my own application and was hoping that I would get the opportunity to be one of the 10 semifinalists. Uh, When they announced it, I unfortunately was not one of the 10. So It took me about a day to kind of, I guess, be 100% okay with it. I'm not going to lie. I was obviously very disappointed. um, And I was hoping that with my enthusiasm and my spirit and and everything that I bring to the table that I thought that they would give me an opportunity, but it wasn't in the cards for me. It wasn't meant to be. But now that I've had a couple of days to kind of, you know, let it sit, I'm okay with it. Um, for a couple of reasons. You know, one, most obvious one, it means I get to continue and have a lot of time to focus on Devil's State of Mind, something that I've been very proud about. Um, I've mentioned it before that, uh, you know, for the past couple of months, a lot of my episodes have been some of the most listened to and most downloaded episodes throughout the entire Hockey Podcast Network. And that is constantly just blowing my mind. And I'm so grateful for all the support that you guys have given me. It's just wonderful. Um, we have nearly a thousand followers on Instagram. We're approaching a thousand followers on Twitter. Um, you know, a lot of you guys also follow me on Facebook as well. And it, just the out, outpouring of support from family, friends, and even just guys, you know, people like you that, that don't, you know, we don't know each other personally, but you guys seem to really appreciate everything that I bring in my enthusiasm. And I'm so grateful for that. So, you know, that's obviously the biggest thing that, uh, biggest good thing that comes from obviously not being one of the 10 semifinalists. I also, you know, I'm starting actually this upcoming Friday, uh, my first game with the Pro Tech Ducks of the Eastern Hockey League. Uh, I am a broadcaster as well as a PA announcer, and I'm actually going to be doing the public address announcing for our first game against the Apple Corps, which will be around seven o'clock kind of puck drop uh, a little bit before that on Hockey TV. Com. So if you have a hockey TV subscription and you want to check, uh, you want to check out a game, check out our game, Protect Ducks uh, against the Apple Corps. The play-by-play and everything will be done by my good friend uh, Jimmy Finizzi, and the public address announcing will be done by yours truly. I will also be doing some uh, play-by-play and broadcasting throughout the season 
as well. It's our first game of the year. I'm super excited to get to work with that new team and looking forward to the endless possibilities with them as well. I also wanted to let you guys know that I have a very special personal announcement that I'm going to be making within the next couple of weeks. Uh, it involves uh, another thing that I do in my whole, you know, broadcasting, uh, you know, my sports broadcasting career and everything that I do. Um, it involves something that I've done before. Uh, and you guys can kind of take a guess from there as to what it is, but uh, it will be coming out very, very soon. I'm in the process of finishing up in just the next week or so. And I hope you guys stick around and follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11 uh, is where I'm going to share it. I'm also going to obviously share it on Devil's State of Mind as well. So those are some of the things that obviously are the good things that I can look at. And also just the fact that there are going to be many more opportunities moving forward for myself. And I'm looking forward to what the future has in store for me. And But mainly I'm, I'm just really excited to continue to do Devil's State of Mind and, and talk to you lovely people. Um, you know, getting back to the Devil's PA announcer job, uh, you will have a limited time to vote for three of your favorite applicants. So that's kind of the next process here. There's 10 finalists. Now you get to choose three. They didn't really say exactly when um, the voting ends, but considering the fact that our the Devil's first preseason game is like two weeks from now, um, it's probably going to be obviously between now and then uh, when you have time. Uh, I, I think, I'm not sure if you have to, if you can vote more than once, I mean, if you can, obviously go and do so at your leisure. Um, but once the three finalists have been voted for, those three guys will receive a live audition during the team's three preseason games. So there's only three preseason games at home, at least. And one by one, each of them will have an opportunity to do so. And speaking of those of those semifinalists, excuse me, I'm going to just quickly list off the names uh, in case you know any of them, and then uh, and then we'll go from there. So the 10 semifinalists are in alphabetical order, Aaron Pittman from Westfield, New Jersey, Anthony Berberio from Aberdeen, New Jersey, Bill Clark from a town not very far from mine, Asbury Park, New Jersey, so Monmouth County represent right there, uh, Frank Pizik from Tuckerton, New Jersey, Jonathan Schwartzberger, and I apologize if I said your last name wrong. He's from Ramsey, New Jersey. Joseph Tolentino from Fairlawn, New Jersey. Malachi Kleibaum from Newark, New Jersey. Mike Gogol from Butler, New Jersey. Ryan Kaczynski from Edison, New Jersey. And the one, the one name that is mostly recognizable with Devil, with you know the Devils community, Sam Wu from Chester, New Jersey. He is also one of the hosts of the Let's Go Devils podcast. So. Uh, not a surprise, honestly, that Sam Wu is one of the candidates. Uh, he's very well known in the Devils community, and he has a lot of support behind him. Um, what I will tell you guys to kind of, you know, re not recap, but kind of end this segment of the podcast, I will say this. Even if you know somebody personally, you have every right, by the way, to vote for them. But I would definitely recommend that when you vote for whoever the PA announcer is, make sure you vote for, in your opinion, the three best guys, the guys that embody that energy, embody that spirit, regardless of whatever they might have going for them, do it that way. Because at the end of the day, you want the guy that is going to represent the organization as best as possible and give this organization the energy for all 41 home games this year and moving forward. That's what I would say to you guys. So first and foremost, congratulations to the semifinalists. Um, looking forward to seeing which three guys end up getting selected as the finalists. 
and then we'll go from there. And we'll keep you guys updated, obviously, and eventually we will figure out. Um, we'll probably end up figuring out a day or two after the final preseason game who ends up being the new PA announcers. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the update with the New Jersey Devils PA announcer job at this moment. So the next thing I want to talk about here on this episode is actually a rumor. We haven't had very many rumors over the last couple of weeks. Quite frankly, over the last month, it has been very quiet in the hockey world in general, just from the standpoint of it's pretty much now where, you know, a lot of the free agent signings and a lot of the trades and everything like that are pretty much done. Most teams, if not all of them, are focusing primarily on training camp and obviously prospect uh, camps as well, and just kind of getting ready for the upcoming 2021-22 season. But there was a rumor that came out a week ago that, again, like I said, I didn't have the chance to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it now. And it comes from somebody that I've, I've mentioned his name before because he covers the Boston Bruins, but he's a, he's a pretty reliable source, honestly. According to Jimmy Murphy of Boston Hockey Now, he reported this last week. He said multiple NHL sources have confirmed to the Boston, to Boston Hockey Now, and also I think it's um, NHL Hockey Now, I'm not really sure, NHN, uh, but anyway, that the Boston Bruins and also Toronto Maple Leafs on more than one occasion have explored what it would take to acquire P.K. Subban and at the same time convince the New Jersey Devils to eat at least half of the $9 million cap hit he carries in the final year of his contract. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs have more of a lukewarm interest in the 2013 Norris Trophy winner. Uh, as just mentioned before, P.K. Subban has one year left on his contract that will expire at the end of this upcoming 21-22 season. He's still due to earn $9 million. And according to another one of Murphy's sources, it would take the Devils agreeing to retain, quote, at least half of that cap hit, end quote. So it's not entirely a surprise that P.K. Subban is rumored to be traded. If you remember just prior to the draft back in late July, there was a lot of rumors and speculations that uh, Tom Fitzgerald was really trying to look for a trade partner with P.K. Subban, as well as Will Butcher. Um, obviously, he ended up finding a trade partner in Will Butcher. But with P.K. Subban, the obvious and biggest problem with making a move is the fact that he's earning $9 million this year. There are not too many teams in the NHL that can easily take on that final $9 million of his contract. Uh, so if there's going to be any trade, I would say expect the Devils to take on, like they say, at least half of the cap. So it'd be about four and a half million dollars. If there's going to be a trade for P.K. Subban, I would expect it's going to happen at the deadline. I can't see the Devils making a move for him now, early on in the season, even at the midway point. I would expect that depending on where the Devils are and what they decide to do, if P.K. Subban is to be moved this season, he will be moved at the trade deadline. And the Devils will take on four and a half, at least, of his salary for the rest of the year. Now, a couple other things to really mention. The Devils at the moment have $12 million in cap space. So really, taking on even half of his contract is not a big deal. Um, obviously, his contract comes off the books after this season, and if you add on that twelve million, that $9 million extra, the Devils will have roughly, before any other moves that are made, will have roughly $20 million in cap space going into the 2022 offseason, which is a pretty good amount of cap space to have, considering all the big moves that we made this offseason. But I look at this situation with P.K. Subban and I say this. 
I'm not really against trading PK Subban, but then again, I'm not wild about trading him either. And let me explain why. When it comes to I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, fully against trading Subban is because again, in the two years that he's been here, he's been, for a lack of a better term, a massive disappointment. He's not the same player that he once was. Now, granted, he's also had some injuries that we've heard about, and maybe that could be part of the reason why he's uh, declined so much. But considering how rapid of a decline it has been, my kind of thing thinking with it is it's a combination of injury, playing with a new team. This is already his second coach that he's played with in New Jersey, and also just struggling to fit in with a much younger Devils team with not a lot of... Um, Let's put it this way. Not a lot of uh, major talent surrounding P.K. Subban on the defensive side. That's not a knock on the rest of the, the Devils defense. This is all just, you know, considering what P.K. is, they're asking him to play more defense, which is not really his strong suit. He's much more of an offensive defenseman, as he's proven in years past. So if moving P.K. Subban meant that we got something for him with, you know, uh, you know instead of just letting him walk in free agency, I'm all for it. I'm not against it. Even if it's like a sixth round pick, it, it's still like, you know what? It's, it's better than nothing. I know some people might look at a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick and say it's, it's nothing, but considering we have a guy like, you know, a Yegor Sharangovich or Jesper Bratt that has been drafted in the later rounds, getting those late round picks are never necessarily a bad thing. And also next year's draft, if we end up getting a pick for next year's draft, it's going to be a year where actually players are going to play. They're going to be, you know, regularly scouted and it'll be easier to kind of figure out who the devils are able to take and who they really want to take and kind of evaluate from there. Now, moving over to why I'm not fully okay with trading Subban. I feel like that PK Subban with the way that he plays now, the player that he is now, I feel could be a solid veteran depth defenseman on like the third line pairing. You look at it, we have Dougie Hamilton now, and we have Ryan Graves. There's a very good chance that those two guys are our first pairing. And then you most likely have Damon Severson and Ty Smith as your second pairing. And then you go to the third pairing, and I'm going to assume that it's going to be possibly P.K. Subban and maybe someone like Kevin Ball. So that's really what you could potentially have as your sixth defenseman. And I think P.K. Subban understands now at this point in his career that he's not the Norris Trophy winner that he was less, you know, a little less than a decade ago. And that at this point, he's here to help this veteran team. I think for P.K., he would probably prefer at this point in his career to be on a team that's a little bit close to winning a cup. Going to a team like Boston or going to a team like the Maple Leafs would certainly give him a better shot at making a run, especially at this point in his career. And then obviously after that, he can sign one or two year deals uh, with contenders for a lot less money. Um, you know, again, the Devils didn't sign P.K. Subban to this contract. The Nashville Predators did. And then they were able to convince the Devils to take on that whole contract so that they could sign uh, Matt Duchesne, which was pretty much the reason. Did it work out for Nashville? Not necessarily. And it didn't really work out for New Jersey either. So this is one of those deals where it didn't really work out for either party involved. But I feel like P.K. Subban as a depth defenseman, being a guy that could be more heavily relied on just his offense in a lower role, I think could be good. And I would be curious, I would definitely be interested to see how he uh, does with some more talent uh, around him and having a less stressful role 
as not having to be a top four defenseman. I think it actually could work out. So if I were the Devils, I would kind of wait on this. I wouldn't really, I would just, honestly, it's not like the Devils are in cap hell right now and have to find a way to move them. They have plenty of cap room. They can make it work. They can find a way to get it done if they want to make a deal. But I don't think they will right now. I think that if they're going to, it's going to be at the deadline. So that's what I would say to this rumor. It's intriguing. I'd be curious to know who, you know, what Boston or Toronto or anybody for that matter would even be offering. I would expect it to be picks. I doubt that anybody would be interested in giving up even a low tier prospect for a guy like Subban, but you never know. Um, But that's kind of the way that I look at it. So it'll be interesting to see how Subban comes out this year. I'm sure he's heard of this rumor. I mean, he's on social media. How could he not? And he knows he has a lot to prove as well. Knowing that it's the last year of his contract, he has to prove to not only the Devils, but to the NHL that he could still be a productive defenseman that can play in this league. And that's something that is going to be interesting going into now what is going to be his third year in New Jersey. And I'm pulling for him because I like P.K. Subban a lot. And I like the player that he could potentially be. And I like the, the potential that he could have this year as a depth defenseman. And I think a lot of Devils fans like yourself would probably agree um, with that assessment. So that's kind of my whole take on the P.K. Subban rumors. We'll see what happens as the year progresses. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 on any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet of $1 on any week two games to receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Now we shift over to actually some signing news. Uh, Something that I really wasn't expecting. Uh, But there was definitely something that was talked about within the Devils community about the potential that maybe the Devils could sign some veteran players to PTOs or professional tryout contracts, in case you don't know what that means. You know, some guys that could may or may not make the team, you know, as a veteran guy and could help contribute to this team. There was definitely, um, you know, I've seen my guy uh, from the hockey writers, Alex Chauvency. He's written some articles about potential guys in the past that the Devils could could have potentially signed a professional trial contracts, but the Devils actually decided to go ahead and make a couple of those signings back on Tuesday of this past week, Tuesday, the 14th of September. On Tuesday, the Devils announced that they had signed three players, forwards Jimmy Vc, Mark Jankowski, and defenseman Tyler Wolderspoon to 
all to a, potent, a PTO contract, a professional tryout contract. So again, really quick, professional tryout contracts are obviously for veteran players who are signing low-term deals that are trying to make NHL rosters. And this is their opportunity to try to you know, make the team. Um, a good example of this in recent years was actually um, Curtis Gabriel. He actually signed a PTO with the Devils. Uh, he didn't make the NHL roster right away, he made, but he did get a contract with the Devils, started down in Binghamton, and then eventually worked his way up and got some time to play in the NHL. And now has played for a couple of NHL teams. He was in San Jose, and now he is going to be playing with the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. Um, so that's kind of an example of that. All three of those players will join the Devils when all the players report to NHL camp starting on September 7th, literally a week from the day I'm recording this. I'm recording this on September 15th. So we are a week away from the start of training camp. So that's going to be really fun. When you look at these three players, obviously the only guy that really stands out is Jimmy VC. For those of you that don't know, Jimmy VC back in 15, 16 was the Hobie Baker award winner in college hockey, which is awarded to the best player in college hockey. Think of it as the heart trophy version of college hockey. You can look at it that way. Or if you're a, a college football fan, think of it as the equivalent to the Heisman Trophy. If you get one, you know, I hope you understand what, you know, you get my point. Um, and Jimmy VC was originally drafted by the Buffalo Sabres. And VC decided that he did not want to sign with Buffalo and he found a way to become a free agent. And at the time in 16, 17, there were three teams that were really vying for his services. You had the Boston Bruins, you had the New York Rangers, and you had the New Jersey Devils. And there was some speculation after a while that VC was leaning towards signing with the New Jersey Devils, but he ended up not doing that. He signed a two-year deal worth $4.55 million with the New York Rangers. And obviously it was a very frustrating situation for Devils fans, including myself. We were all very upset that he chose to go to the Rangers for obvious reasons. Um, and considering that he was at the time the best player coming out of ho college hockey, it was frustrating to lose out on that. But that was also during the transitional period where the Devils were for many years to fall after that, were just not spending a whole lot of money in general. So, I mean, it was obviously frustrating nonetheless. And the Devils fans obviously never let VC forget it. And for Jimmy VC, he's really had a an average career in about five years that he's played in the National Hockey League. He never really lived up to the hype that uh, he had coming out of college. Very similar to Will Butcher. Will Butcher was a, was a Hobie Baker winner himself. Spurred playing for uh, Buffalo, spurred playing for the Colorado Avalanche, came to New Jersey, had a great rookie year, never really lived up to the hype after that. But, you know, sometimes it's about fit. Sometimes it's about just, maybe not being as good as people evaluated him. Um, and now he's at the point now where he's just fighting for a, a job. You know, he's, he's still a pretty young player, um, but he's not, you know, he's 28 years old, which is not terribly old, um, but he's obviously not the same player that he was coming out of Harvard where he played in college. Jimmy VC skating in 50 games last year between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vancouver Canucks. He tallied five goals and five assists for 10 points with a total of 58 shots. 
Since his debut in the NHL back in 16-17 with the Rangers, v, uh, VC has also played with the Rangers and the Buffalo Sabres, which is kind of ironic since, again, he didn't want to go there originally. Between 2016 and 2019, VC was a member of the Rangers where he had his best offensive season with 16, 17, and 17 goals respectively. And his career high point total came during the 18-19 season with 35 in his final year with the Rangers. The 28-year-old left shot winger has 64 goals, 56 assists for 120 points and 92 penalty minutes in 354 career regular season NHL games. The native Boston, Massachusetts guy added one goal and four assists in 12 Stanley Cup playoff games, and he will be assigned number 16 with the New Jersey Devils. So we'll see what happens with Jimmy VC. I think at best, he's a fourth line guy. He's not coming in to be the guy that he was expected to be coming out of college. He's a veteran player at this point. He's 28 years of age. He's coming in to try to be a grinded out type of player that can add us a couple of goals here and there, be more of a checking line player. We'll, we'll see what he can do uh, in New Jersey. And again, you know, he may, he, you know, he may, it's, it's just a matter of getting some veteran guys in here in case guys like a Holtz, a Mercer, um, Graham Clark, maybe don't make the roster out of training camp. That's kind of the reason why some of these guys are here and got signed. Now, let's shift over to the second forward, Mark Jankowski, who played last year with the Pittsburgh Penguins, appearing in 45 games, and he scored four goals and seven assists. He was drafted 21st overall in the 2012 NHL draft by the Calgary Flames. He's 27 years of age at the time of this recording. He played three full seasons in Calgary prior to Pittsburgh and has career NHL totals of 40 goals and 35 assists in 235 regular season games. He also has added 75 penalty minutes. The left shot sentiment has also skated in 10 Stanley Cup playoff contests, and he will be wearing number 14 with the Devils. So obviously that used to be Adam Henrique's number, then Nate Bastion, and now we have Mark Jankowski. Again, similar to VC, he's going to be expected to be a fourth line guy, a grinded out player. He's a physical player. I'm sure the guys at the tip of the iceberg uh, podcast that cover the Pittsburgh Penguins here on the Hockey Podcast Network uh, could tell you a little bit more about Jankowski. And if you have a question about it, hit them up. I'm sure they'll be able to answer it in the best way they possibly can. Um, but yeah, again, that's really much, I don't have much to say about this. It's Again, it's just a matter of, he could be a guy that could come into the NA, that could come to this team if some of the young guys need a little bit more time down in the minors. Also, just to say this, just because they don't make the NHL team doesn't mean that these PTO guys might not make the team at all. They might play in Utica and give some veteran leadership to a Utica Comets team that could help. And just having some NHL experience and being a guy that could get called up every now and then to play a couple of games if somebody's hurt or things like that. So that's the possibility here. Now, going over to the defenseman the Devils signed in um, Tyler Witherspoon. Witherspoon is a left shot defenseman who has been a staple with the Stockton Heat, which is the AHL of the Calgary Flames, San Antonio Rampage of the Arizona Coyotes, and the Lehigh Valley Phantoms of the Philadelphia Flyers in the American Hockey League. While the Heat Phantoms, Witherspoon was named an alternate captain on both teams. In his eight-year professional career, the Burnaby British Columbia native has appeared in 433 AHL games. 
He tallied five assists in 30 career NHL games over four seasons, all with Calgary. And he will be wearing number 34 in camp. So he's another guy that could be a depth defenseman that could be, you know, a fringe roster spot to be that seventh defenseman if they need it. Or he could be a veteran solid defenseman in Utica, a guy who's played in the AHL for a long time um, and definitely somebody that can help out the young kids down there. So all in all to wrap this up. Yeah. I mean, these are guys that are fringe roster players that are going to be competing for a roster spot and, trying to make the NA, trying to stay in the NHL and make the NHL and try to maybe help the Devils on the bottom six. That should be your expectation. Do I think any of these guys will make it? I don't know. But this is just something to mention uh, in case you uh, in case you see during the you know preseason you know, oh, who's who's uh who's that no, who's 16, who's 14, who's 34. You know, now we know who those guys are. We'll see if they last with the Devils um and if they do do they stay in New Jersey or they go down to Utica? We will see what happens. But now we shift to the main topic that we were going to discuss on this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. We are going to be quickly previewing the upcoming Devil's Prospect Challenge. So this upcoming Friday, the 17th of September, the Devil's Prospects, the majority of them, will be playing their first game of the Prospects Challenge against the Buffalo Sabres at 7 p.m., all of these games are played in Buffalo, New York at the home of the Buffalo Sabres practice facility. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres, obviously, and the Boston Bruins are the other teams that are involved in this. The Devils' second game is on Sunday versus the Bruins at 1 p.m. As reported by Amanda Stein, and I think also the Devils as well, all the games will be streamed. So there will be a link probably at the Devils' website and also on Twitter for you guys to have the opportunity to watch them. So I will, as I mentioned before, since my first game with the Protect Ducks this Friday, I will not be able to watch the first game, but I will definitely be trying to watch the second game on Sunday to see uh, what happens there. And before I kind of get into kind of the preview and everything, um, there's a little story that I wanted to share with you guys really quickly that I got actually earlier today. And it's actually from one of the hosts of the WCB podcast, um, which basically covers the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, um, one of their hosts, uh, a good friend of mine, Zach or Jerome, as some people call him, um, he works for ProStockHockey.com, which um, they buy all the NHL teams overstock gear and sell it. Um, so he, has, he actually has a deal with a lot of the equipment managers um, in the NHL. So he has pretty good contacts within the NHL from, from that perspective. And he messaged me earlier today, earlier this afternoon, and he says, um, you'll get a kick out of this. I just had to send out 13 goalie sticks to the Devils because a few of your guys are out of sticks. Um, so I thought that was funny. I don't know if that necessarily means the prospects or some of the other guys that we have, but it was just kind of funny. Um, he said, yeah, the assistant equipment manager was freaking out, so I had to overnight them. Uh, Calgary did the same thing. It's crazy. So, yeah. Um, I asked him if, if I can uh, if I could tell that story real quick. He said, yeah, no problem. So shout out uh, to Jerome uh, Tanner. The other host of that podcast is actually, I was told, is getting married this upcoming, upcoming Sunday. So congratulations to him as well. Um, there is the very good possibility that I will be doing a collab with them in the near future. I'm a big fan of their podcast. They do great work over there. Go subscribe to them as well and all the other podcasts on the Hockey Podcast Network. But 
but yeah, um, he said he would also try to get me the names of the goaltenders. So maybe by the next episode, you guys will know which goaltenders actually uh, needed those sticks. But I thought that was kind of a funny, uh, quick story I wanted to share with you guys really quickly. So shout out to uh, Jerome for that. Uh, I really appreciate that right there. But let's now shift to some of the keynotes going into this prospect challenge. So the two biggest names going into this are without a doubt, Dawson Mercer and Alexander Holtz, which we know for a fact, both of them will be a part of this prospect challenge. They will be there. Um, some people were asking, is Luke Hughes going to be involved? He is not. He is over in Ann Arbor, Michigan, getting ready with the Michigan Wolverines hockey team, getting ready for the upcoming season. Their main goal is to obviously win a national championship. And we're all pulling for them. Um, also, Ethan Edwards as well is over there in Michigan. So the Devils have a couple of prospects that are going to be playing with Michigan this year. So that'll be something we'll keep our eye on as the year moves forward. Um, for Dawson Mercer, at least, this is the first real time that he's had the opportunity to uh, be in New Jersey. Obviously, he was drafted the year before because of COVID and everything like that. He never got the opportunity to come over here. So, he, so this is the first time. And he did an interview um, with Amanda Stein on the Devils uh, YouTube channel and obviously everything like that. And one of the quotes that he said that really struck me was that he was talking about, he looked, he was walking around the facility in the locker room and seeing all the famous players that we have in this great organization. And, he, and then he said, hopefully one day um, you'll have pictures of me up there, which is a pretty, pretty interesting thing to say at a pretty young age for a guy that hasn't even played a professional hockey game yet. But for him to say that gives obviously a lot of us confidence, optimism, and hope but Dawson Mercer is one of those guys that leads this team to glory in years to come. And for Dawson Mercer, he is now officially a professional, a professional hockey player. He signed his um, entry-level deal last year. And either he makes the team out of camp this year or he goes to Utica. I think there's a likely possibility he ends up in Utica, but you never know. Because look, freaking Ty Smith, his rookie year, was the last guy cut and actually traveled with the team overseas and nearly got himself an opportunity to play in the NHL right away. So sometimes guys just progress a lot quicker than others. Uh, we'll see what happens with Dawson Mercer, who, by the way, has an impressive, you know, thing of lettuce in his head. I mean, it, you know, that hair is something else. Some of the guys on this team have uh, some pretty impressive flow. I'm liking this flow this year. And I'm, I'm curious to see who else when camp comes around uh, who has um, really good flow. But, but for Mercer, also, he led his junior team in both regular and postseason points while leading the team in goal scoring during this past regular season. And like I mentioned before, he signed his entry-level deal, which will start this year. Now, talking about Mr. Alexander Holtz, he obviously has been in New Jersey for a little while now. He played 10 games in the AHL with the Binghamton Devils last year after his campaign in Sweden came to a close. He played in the Swedish Hockey League, the SHL, the AHL, and he also was in the World Juniors. Um, all of that totaled to 58 games last season. So he played a lot of hockey last year. And he got himself uh, a little bit uh, accustomed to NHL ice, but obviously he'll have more of that this year. I'm curious to know if he's going to be another guy that gets an invite to training camp or if this is just going to be, you know, his camp. And then after that, he'll be practicing with the uh, Utica Comets. We'll see how that goes. But he's obviously another big guy that everybody's really excited to see. From some of the clips that we've seen from the Devils, it appears that um, 
Holtz will be wearing number 10, just to let you guys know that. And uh, Dawson Mercer will be wearing his, his usual number of number 18. So those are just things uh, that I wanted to mention. But those are the two main storylines, in my opinion, uh, going into this prospect. But there's a couple other guys that stand out to me as well. Um, I'm curious to see how Akira Shmeed and Nico Dawes perform. Um, this is a really good opportunity for both of them to give themselves an opportunity to be one of the goaltenders um, in Utica. Um, I know uh, Merrick's Mittens is also in camp. I think there's a, I think it's probable that he's going to be one of the two goaltenders in, um, in Utica. And I think that because the Devils are so high on Schmid and also Nico Dawes, the way I think it's going to go is this. One of them is going to get an opportunity in Utica, and the other is going to go down to the Adirondack Thunder of the Eastern of the East Coast Hockey League or the ECHL um, because of playing time. I think the organization wants both these guys to have a lot of playing time, and so I think that's how you're going to see it. Um, be curious to see, you know, who gets the nod on Friday, who gets the nod on Sunday. Um, if all three guys get a chance to play, we'll see how it goes. But I'm curious to see how the future of our goaltending is. We've talked about it before. Scott Clemenson and Martin Brodeur have now this goaltending development department. And I'm curious to know how that's going and, and what we're going to see from them and how they're going to be developing these players. So those are some guys to keep an eye on from the goaltending perspective. But there are two guys that I'm super excited about in this camp. Two guys. Graham Clark, who you guys know, he's my guy. I have big hopes for him. And also Fabian Zetterlin, another guy that I've been very high on in years past. Graham Clark started last year um, in Slovakia with his younger brother, Brent, who was drafted by the LA Kings, I believe. I kind of forgot already. I think it was the Kings. Um, and and the, he was on loan. Both of them were on loan to HC Nove Zamki. I apologize if I said that incorrectly. After six games, Graham returned to North America and played 31 games with the Binghamton Devils. Um, during his first full season representing the Devils franchise, last year was his first year. He has his entry-level contract as well. Clark scored eight goals and had 10 assists for 18 points in his rookie campaign. And even though the numbers really don't show it, uh, Clark will tell you himself that he was really pleased with how last year went, and he feels like he could really build off of that going into this year. He's another young guy that could get invited to camp that could, you know, try to make a push. But if not, he now has a relatively full year of professional hockey, and he could be a, a guy that could really make another major step uh, moving forward um, with the Utica Comets going into this year. Now, for Fabian Zetterlin, he played in 34 games last year with Binghamton, scoring seven goals, 12 assists for 19 points. Some of the things that really stand out to me is that he's really, really good at his stick handling and has a tremendously quick wrist shot. And if you remember from the Prospects Challenge two years ago, 2019, he absolutely balled out. He was by far the best player for the Devils. He had a couple of really good goals, particularly in the shootout. And I think he really, really caught a lot of attention, certainly caught my attention. And over that time, he has progressively gotten better and better and better. And I think a lot of people, including myself, expect him to, again, be one of those guys that really kind of stands out in this Prospects tournament. And again, you only get two games. So this is going to be a big opportunity for a lot of these guys to showcase themselves to the entire organization and what they can do. I'm sure assistant GM Dan McKinnon is going to be the one that's really going to be looking at these guys. I'm sure Tom Fitzgerald as well will be looking at it as well. But 
you know, Zetterlin and Graham Clark are the two guys that I'm going to be most excited to watch and see how they perform going into this. Now, at the time of this recording, the roster for the Prospects Tournament has not been announced. And either it will be on Thursday, the day you guys are listening to this episode, or on Friday. But it will certainly be before their first game. So within the next 24, 48 hours, we will know exactly who is going to be there. Some of the guys that I mentioned are guys that we know for a fact are going to be involved. Um, and then we'll see what happens after that. So, yeah, again, the Devils are having their prospects challenge this weekend. The first game is on Friday at 7 o'clock on the Devils website against the Sabres. And then the second game will be on Sunday at 1 o'clock, um, also on the Devils website against the Boston Bruins. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have hockey for the first time. We have Devils hockey for the first time in a couple months. And I'm super excited. And again, I'm super excited to begin season three of the Devils State of Mind podcast.